0: It's time for Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working
1: world. Now, here's Bart Scott and Dan Grasso.
0: And welcome into Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. Dan Grasso, alongside Bart Scott, pleased to be joining you each and every week to recap the latest in the world of the New York Jets. Bart, how's things today, my man? A kuda
1: matata. Every every day above ground is another opportunity to change whatever your circumstances are. And I hope that's the same mantra and I hope that's the mindset that the Jets are taking. You You go back in on Monday morning to get things cleaned up, but it's an opportunity. At the end of the day, you play football for a living. It is plenty of people that would love to trade for your problems.
0: No doubt about that, but you talk about change and change might be in the offing here, at least in terms of the overall outcome of how the first three contests have gone for the Jets so far this season. They fall to 0-3 after a 26-0 setback against the Denver Broncos Sunday in the Mile High City, and you know, Tough afternoon, really, in all three phases of the game. Bart, when you look at the offense, really unable to get anything going, Zach Wilson under duress, you know, defensively, they were on the field, a large chunk of that football game, and then maybe some missed execution, even in terms of special teams there. So, as the coaches like to say, a lot of things to clean up and the Jets will be hard at it this week in practice.
1: Yeah, where well, you talk about trying and you heard Robert Sala allude to you trying to take what you see on the practice field and make sure that you see it on Sundays, Thursdays and Monday nights, right? And that's difficult, right? Because what happens is you're taking care of each other, but sometimes every once in a while, you kind of got to say, you know what, we're going to go live. You got to have more physical practices because the issues is, it's hard to get your pads set. It's hard, hard to understand where God's going to be. It's hard to really come off on these double teams because of the lack of practice and you talk about, well, okay, well, that's an advantage, right? Because people are going to be more healthy. Well, you talk about these, this is the youngest team in the NFL. So they need those type of practices to understand timing, understand rhythm, understand how to come off on a combo block at the same time, right? You only do that by going not full speed, but going right underneath that. And to do that, you have to understand what that tempo is about. That's maybe why what they do during the week isn't translating to to Sundays because they have to get get, uh, opportunity to understand the physicality, the time. And you only do that by being able to come off physical, and you don't really get those opportunities because of the new CBA.
0: Yeah, and we heard the coach say the last couple of times out after the game about how great the week of practice was, right? But then unfortunately, they're unable to duplicate that and to translate what they do on the practice field onto the game field there on Sundays. Now, when you look at the offense specifically, it's been eight quarters now without a touchdown. They haven't had a lot of success in the first half of these games putting points on the board. They've only put a field goal on the board so far in the first half in all three quarters. When you look at the other side of the ball, though, with the opponents that they're facing, Bart. Now, not to make any excuses here, but the the New England Patriots, the Denver Broncos, the Carolina Panthers, those are three of the top five defenses statistically so far here in the early portion of this NFL season. So yeah, the execution could probably be better from the Jets standpoint, but they are going up against some pretty difficult units on the other side.
1: Yeah, that's why you would hope that they could simplify the game, simplify the game plans, because against those type of defenses, top five defenses, you definitely don't want to be behind the sticks and be in, predictable um passing situations you know that's why when i look at the run attempts you know i'm disappointed because you want them to really establish the run more you talk about you know nine carries for, for michael carter three carries for ty johnson Maybe that's something that should be a point of emphasis. You know, saying you know what, we're going to run the football, we're going to take the air out of the game, we're going to try and limit it to possessions and win one or two of these possessions and end it with a score, so that we can put the pressure on the opposing team because the time time is you know time and clock management can be, be a big part whether you win or lose the game. Also, allowing that defense to rest so that they, when they come off, they can stay fresh, opposed to what happened yesterday with Denver coming out with an eight-minute opening drive.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, you talk about the running game. That was one of the things that really stood out the previous week's game against the New England Patriots. Right. They ran it for about 150 yards, close to five yards of pop and really were able to generate some things, at least moving the football on the ground. Yesterday, you talk about the disparity with the run pass. I think it was only like 13 run attempts, 35 throws. Now, granted, when you're down a few scores like they were in the second half, you have to play catch up. So you're going to throw the ball more. But still, even when they were trying to gain yards on the ground in the first half, there just wasn't a lot of real estate to work with.
1: Well, they have to figure out. And listen, you understand that when you have two different types of running backs, you have to get a feel about how that what their running style is all about. You know, so you have to figure out. You know, you know. Listen, they were going against a, a talented defense. Von Miller is a first ballot Hall of Famer. They have a lot of talent on that football field and that side of the ball. You think about Simmons, who ended up getting an interception. He's probably one of the best, or he's definitely one of the highest paid. You know safeties in the league they just have to find their formula and i listen i understand the formula changes from opponent to opponent but until they start getting some synergy they need to figure out what they do well and say okay start there you know they can't get too complicated and say okay well we're going to do this against this particular team you have to find what you do well and put your players in a position to do what they do well and you know i thought you know wilson did a good job and not you know um turning the ball over but at some point you talk about all the drops right and i spoke about this last week veterans have to try and carry a young quarterback because at the end of the day if you want him to play within himself you guys have to make plays for him to be able to get those 50 50 balls and right now the jets are coming up short when it comes to making plays and being able to catch the football ty johnson a lot of drops you talk about corey davis you know 10 targets only five receptions you know one one huge drop where you think about zach wilson you know making those off-schedule plays rolling out to his left and being able to throw, you know, on a rope, you know, and it's a 50-50 ball. But at some point, you have to start winning some of those 50-50 balls, and it can be your opponent coming up, you know, successful.
0: No doubt about it. And look, you know, last week, the big takeaway with Zach Wilson was the four interceptions. Okay, yesterday, he got intercepted a couple of times in the second half. As you said, those were off the fingertips, a couple of them there of the receivers. He's got seven INTs tied for the most in the NFL But he's also tied with another rookie quarterback in Trevor Lawrence, the guy who was picked one spot before him in the draft. You look at the two other rookies yesterday, Mac Jones up in New England, the the guy you like to call Mac and Cheese. He had three INTs, a rough day at the office. Justin Fields in his first start for the Chicago Bears. That was a huge, huge learning curve that he had to overcome, really struggled against the Cleveland Browns. So Zach isn't the only first-year quarterback here that's finding out Playing in the NFL is a little bit more challenging than what you used to do on Saturdays in college.
1: Well, it's like when you see Urban Myers, it's like you're going against Alabama every week, right? That's, that's what it is. That's the NFL. Welcome to the big times. You talk about you're at the top of the pyramid, you know, the cream, the cream of the cream, right? You know, and you're going against the best players and athletes in the world. And this isn't a hobby. This is their job. This is how they feed their families. They take it seriously. And right now, you don't know what you don't know. You know, that's why when you talk about a young football team, and then listen, I remember going out to San Francisco maybe, it had to be like maybe five or six years ago, right? And they were the youngest team in NFL history, right? And they had to go through the process and, you know, they had to develop a lot of players. And it's really about being teachers, right? It's about making sure that these guys understand you can develop their football acumen so they understand the why, not always the what, so you can critically, you know, solve the problems that, that, that present themselves during the game it's something that's going to come up every game, you know, probably multiple times that the coach hasn't talked about because it's unique to the situation. You have to be a critical thinker. You have to have, you know, awareness, you know, you, you know, from a defensive standpoint, you have to understand what formations mean, what who's in the formation means and be able to take advantage of it. And, you know, it will come, but you know, they have to try and do this in a vacuum. They have to try and do this in a microwave and try to speed up the process. But the process is the process. So you have to star from square one. What do we do well? And let's do that. And let's try and grow our package from there.
0: Speaking of the Jet quarterback, let's hear from Zach Wilson now. Bard after the game yesterday, Bob was shoes and caught up with number two.
2: Zach, your frustration level, I'm sure it's high. What do you do to try and put a performance, I think, collectively for the team behind you and move on to next week?
3: Yeah, it's tough, man. And I think, uh, you know, we know there's going to be ups and downs and it's uh, it's a tough situation for us right now. But. You know, you got to, you got to remain confident. You know, you got to go in each week and just think, how can I get better? Um, And you got to understand that, you know, we're close. It's the little things and we just got to be able to have each other's back and, you know, ignore what everyone's saying and just keep our room tight and, you know, always have each other's back. And uh, like I said, just keep that confidence high.
2: If I'm a Jets fan though, right now, and I'm asking you what's close, because it's hard to look at the results and say, you know, to have the confidence that this is maybe close to getting to where you want it to be. So, I'm collectively the Jets fans. convinced me as to why it's close and why you think this switch can be flipped and you can make this happen.
3: Yeah, nobody nobody knows what we go through. You know, every single day, uh, grinding from you know 6 a.m. to to 8 p.m. on 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 all the little details, uh, every little thing. And so to come out here and you know not execute, not get it done, and not win the game, and uh, just not do very well overall, it, you know, it hurts. You know, but we see uh, we see some positives throughout plays, even the negative ones. You know of you know, me one, one thing not going the right way or another and you know i think it just goes back to getting on that film and and just finding out how we can keep getting better and um you know how we can just you know keep that confidence each and every week everybody involved in this is kind of new at this right you're a rookie you've got rookies with
2: you along the offensive side of the ball Mike Leflour hasn't been through this robert sala hasn't been through this as a head coach so collectively with all these folks kind of figuring this out together for the first time. For instance, what did Coach Salas say to the team after the game?
3: Yeah, that's just the little things that everyone's just got to give give more, and uh, we just got to take it, you know, one play at a time, like we, like we have been in the game, so we got to execute. We got to do what we do in practice and, um, you know, just keep getting better. You know, it's going to be a process. You know, every guy on this team wants to win, and they're all hungry to win, and so uh, we just have to keep approaching every single week the same.
2: And – Final question, just for you individually, trying to keep your confidence level up, your positivity up. You're the quarterback, so everyone's going to look to you as the leader. How hard is that? What do you lean on? Because obviously, you know, being a rookie, you're going through this for the first time yourself as well.
3: Yeah, it's tough, you know, and I I just got to understand that people are going to hate, you know, I knew it coming here and um, I understand uh, the adversity that we're going through and I I expected that. And so, you know, nothing's going to be perfect, but I just got to keep tight with my brothers in the locker room and. Um, you know, just keep finding out how I, how I can keep on getting better, you know, watch the tape and uh, just keep on, on trying to do the best I can every single play.
2: All right, Zach, thanks a lot for the time. We do appreciate it.
3: Yep, thank you. Enough- All right. So that's,
0: that's Mark, 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 Mark. This team has week in and week out moving forward. A couple of injuries in yesterday's game. Elijah Moore in the concussion protocol. Tyler Croft suffered a chest injury. He's day to day. So. If you're having some hard times moving the football up until this point, those are two guys that you don't want to be without moving forward when the Titans come into town next Sunday.
1: Yeah, I mean, you think about the Titans, it seems like they've gotten back to their um, aspirations, their Super Bowl aspirations as they went out to Seattle, took care of business yesterday, beat a very tough. You know Indianapolis team, and they're going to be coming in and trying to circle this as a W, as they want to try and keep pace so that they can, you know, secure that they can win this division and go into the postseason. You know, King Henry is somebody that's going to come in their physical football team, but you know you have to respect, of course, Brown who was injured yesterday doesn't know don't know his status, but Julio Jones on the outside, it's going to be tough sledding, right? This is an outfit that's been together for a long time with the quarterback and Ryan Tannehill that has played at an MVP caliber type of um, quarterbacking since he's been there, Rayburn understands who he is. You know this defense is something that leaves something to be desired. So, you know, you talk about the heavy lifting. The heavy lifting is going to be on on the defense. You know, to try and stop their their offense. But on the flip side, you know, this should be the best or the or the least ranked defense that they've gone against so far, as they provide opportunities as they decided to build their team and spend all their equity on the offensive side of the ball. Now they have Bud Dupree and they have some players this should be an outfit that you should try and attack and to be be able to protect that defense from king henry and that Russian attack um you you have to try and play keep away from them and try and get and get seven instead of threes and the task is going to be hard but at some point you have to lean on what you have and you know you're going to have your your playmakers. you know who knows if crowder is going to be back who knows is mem's going to be inserted into not the starting lineup, or if he is, if he's going to be a part of the equation to try and figure this thing out and maybe provide some more explosive plays. You know, you talk about Crowder, and you can, you know, b- you know, believe what you th- believe about him and, 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 and figure out, hey, if Elijah Moore's not there, then Crowder's a guy that has always been a security blanket. Last year, he was a security blanket for Sam Darnold. This year, I expect him to be the same. He's a crafty veteran that is proven in this league, and he's a guy that catches the ball for the most part. So I'm not concerned with him on the drops and if Mems is there, you know, he's an opportunity to have a big play, give you a different target, you know, a 6-3 receiver that can run sub 4-3 or run 4 So it's going to be interesting to see who takes those spots. You know, you talk about if, if, if Croft is out, if Elijah Moore is out, then those are two opportunities for people that haven't had the opportunity. And that's what this game is all about, being able to step up when the opportunity presents themselves to prove yourself right and prove everybody else wrong.
0: Easy to forget that Jamison Crowder was the leading receiver for this team each of the last two years, though. So if he does play, that'll be a welcome addition. When we return, though, here on Inside the Jets, we're going to be joined by one of the stalwarts of that Jets defensive line, its third-year lineman, Quinnon Williams. That's up next here on Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. And welcome back to Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. Dan Grasso alongside Bart. Scott, it's time now for our player guest segment, also brought to you by EY building a better working world and we're joined by jet third year defensive lineman. It's Quinn and Williams. Nice enough to join us here on the program. Quinn and Dan Gross of Bart Scott. Thanks for spending some time with us today. How are you? Uh, I'm doing good. Thank you.
1: Hey guys, not, not the start that you guys anticipated, but I think the defense has been doing a great job. It's kind of towing the line and holding the fort. You know, are you guys starting to see or starting to get that nonverbal communication and get that chemistry? You know, you got a lot of new players, uh, you know, alongside of you. You talk about Sheldon Rankins. You know, you you talk about, you know, Lawson coming into the fold. How are you guys developing as far as that chemistry? You know, understanding last week you guys had a natural pick that, um, you know, Myers come across. That's a feel thing. That's a trust thing, saying that your brother has really beaten the guy up to feel the tight end leaves. Natural U game. You know, how are you guys starting to develop that chemistry together?
4: Um, every day, man, during practice, man, like like I say, you see what guys do. Um, you respect the guys next to you, and you see what they guys do good and don't do good. Like, you see rank is a B-gap rusher. So whoever's to rank side knows that at the end of the day, rank is 9 out of 10 going to win through the B-gap. So as that defensive end, being not a selfish player, um, really what it comes down to um, rushing as a defense or rushing as a team, nobody, nobody out there rushing um, selfish selfish, and run, everybody out there rushing selfless um, because I might get the slide, but I know I got to make go through this double team and I got to make sure I push the pocket through the middle so everybody with a one-on-one can get their one-on-ones and win their one-on-ones. But a selfish person will just don't worry about the double team and try to win on the edge and leave a huge hole through the middle. Just different stuff like that that we understand as a – um, not really – a, a few guys who got experience in playing a little bit along the like rank uh, up there, Foley, Shep, uh, John Franklin, myself. This is my third year. I'm probably like the youngest at the group. Uh, but we all got experience in messing up and doing uh, – learning from the wrong ways of rushing selfish. So, um, I feel like everybody know what we do right. I mean, everybody knows each other's strengths and everybody know each other's weakness. So, we definitely uh, look left to us and look right to us and see who's next to us and say, all right. He gonna rush this way or he gonna rush that way? So,
1: now you speak of that. You, you speak of that, and um, you know you had an injury in the off and I know how important it is to kind of have that off season training to kind of get in that peak physical conditioning. How is the conditioning coming back? As you talk about these shortened preseasons, you really don't really have two days in, in, in camp anymore. So to get into that elite conditioning usually takes about three to four weeks. Where is, where's your conditioning now? How's the body feeling?
4: Uh, I think my condition is uh, is is where I want it to be. Uh, it's not perfect. It's not great. But it's where I know I'm good. And I'm not below tank. I'm not um, somewhere that I'm like, oh, man, I need to do some extra conditioning at the press. I need to do this extra because um, as soon as I got injured, man, me, the training staff, uh, um, the strength conditioning staff got a great plan together. on learned how to uh, keep my weight down during injury because I couldn't run for quite a little minute. Uh, couldn't really put no weight bearing on my foot for quite a little minute. So i'll uh, keep my weight down first and foremost and also stay in shape. Stay uh keep my muscle mass different stuff like that. So um when it came down to conditioning, um I feel great. I feel feel wonderful when it comes down to conditioning, but the things that did uh, have to come back, like you said, was the instincts, and I think that was one of the biggest things that I needed. Like, them first two games I played, like as the games kept going along, going along, them instincts, them gut feelings, them them little small small things that you know as a player that you can only get by football, like being in football, being going against another human being, going against a fast pace. Um, slowly came, especially the first game. Uh, I definitely felt. That, uh, the instincts wasn't there at all. Like the different things that I know that I can do, the different movements I can make, the quick twitch muscles, different stuff that you can understand as a football player does it on his own. Basically, like like those quick twitch muscles that do stuff on his own, just because your instincts basically tell it to do, your intuition basically tell it to do. Um, I feel like they'll slowly came along, but I feel like it's all along now since after this third game. So.
0: You know, you were talking about that during the week, as a matter of fact, about how you were trying to work the rust off from being hobbled by the foot injury all offseason. You talk about those instincts. And then you go out there yesterday against Denver and you have your best game, you have one and a half sacks. Did you feel, Quinnen, like you were almost building towards having a special game like you had yesterday?
4: Uh, not at all, man. I don't, I don't ever sit there and uh, tell the future, basically. I just go out there and try to play thousand percent mind clearing. I know the first two games I, I played my my mind was kind of filled and you can see a lot uh, in my rush moves and my different the way I play you can see like oh, he's thinking too much uh, he's, he's doing this too much like and I think yesterday I just felt confident confident in my ability confident in my foot confident and just everything like um, when it came down to just going out there playing. And I just went out there and played, man. I could definitely feel like and say to myself that I didn't have a game that I wanted to have. I didn't have a game that I did everything right or was explosive every single play. But I'm taking the right strides and going in the right direction to be that player that I want to be and to be the player that uh, this team need to be and the defense need me to be, so.
0: Quinn, and you know, you're you're only a third year player. Like you said, you're one of the younger guys on that defensive line, but third year with this football team. The fact that you spent your whole career here, the fact that you've gone through, you know, changes in coaching and all the other things that come along with it. Do you feel like you're one of the leaders of this team, even though this is only your third year in the league?
4: Uh, I definitely feel like I'm a leader on the team, just because first and foremost, uh, I had a good year last year. Um, uh, people trust me, and people see like how hard I work and different stuff like that. Um, one of the most vocal leaders, I'm still learning how to do such things, those things like that, I'm being one of the most vocal leaders, telling my opinion, uh, different stuff like that, because I always grew up a huge person on lead by example. You do the right things, people will follow you. The person who do the right things, people will follow them. So. Uh, the vocal part, uh, started coming, man, with the help of C.J. Um, uh Foley, uh, I think Steve McClendon helped me a lot on becoming a vocal leader and stuff like that. So uh, I definitely think that I'm one of the guys that uh, people look at to, to, uh for an opinion, advice, and different stuff like that. And then also like uh, the way I study film, the way my IQ level in football also helped me out to be a person that people come to talk to or ask questions, different stuff like that. So
1: no you you guys have, have faced you know you guys have probably your toughest task you know as far as you know being able to have to go against an offensive beast like king Henry. we know that you know he's been the russian champion for the last couple of games i mean for the last couple of years but you know if you can stop that running game it gives you a tremendous opportunity to be able to win the game you know, what are some of the things that you think you need to work on this week as far as sitting on double teams or being able to split the double teams or what kind of conversations are you having with a guy like CJ, you know, understanding that if he comes downhill fast, the double team has to come off and, and all those type of things, those communications, you know, you watch them. I'm sure you watched them this year. Like, what do you think you guys have to really work on or really harness this week to be able to slow down King Henry?
4: Um, I think first and foremost is trust. Uh, uh, CJ has to trust us, defensive tackles and defensive linemen, not to get knocked out the ball, not to get thrown everywhere, not to do our jobs and sit in those double teams if we have to. Because as a linebacker, you got them guys have tremendous, tremendous jobs. Like, you got to, you got to. Worry about taking the double team off the tablet, but you also got to worry about dropping into coverage if it's a play action, too. So, going to these games, man, uh, you have a guy like Derrick Henry who everybody knows he's going to get the ball, he's going to tote it, he's going to be a beast. He's he's Derrick Henry, uh, but you also got to think about they can throw the ball too, they got some receivers too. So, uh, I think the first and foremost, uh, is all about trust, man. Us deep the tab, we got to do our job of sending those double teams that we have to. Uh, we got to be nasty up front we got to just uh start the run up front man and i think um last year me and folder was a me folder, and divas lion had great uh film on stopping the run and on uh, doing things like that even this year uh, i think we got great film on stopping the run and stuff like that and we got to take the initiative ourselves as a defensive line, room to stop the run. That's our main thing. Every single day we go out to practice, when we first step on the field, our first injury is stopping the run. And I think uh, we got to put that on our shoulders to uh, dominate the line of scrimmage and not the line of scrimmage back. So when Derrick Henry do get the ball, he just can't go straight down here and run through everybody, you see know what I'm saying? So uh, I think definitely just uh, basically creating a new line of scrimmage Um, and just trusting each other that we all going to fill in our gaps and we all going to fill in the holes so uh, all 11, all nine of us can tackle him, all 11 of us can tackle him because everybody knows one man can't tackle him.
0: Quinn and Williams joining us on Inside the Jets, presented by Selective Insurance, Be Uniquely Insured. How well do you know him? Because you're both Alabama guys. Have you ever spent some time with him in the past over the last few years or back during your college days down there? Uh
4: I, I didn't spend time with him at football games. Like I didn't go to Alabama football games, but he was he was gone before I got there. So um but you see the film, man, you watch him every day, man. I got a chance to be around him at Alabama football games, stuff like that, and just in an off season in general, bro, but film speaks for itself, bro. So
0: It'll be quite a challenge for sure. Now, when we come back here, Quinn, and we're going to talk about this great program that you're involved in with the Jets, the crucial catch, which is going to be on full display coming up Sunday at the game against the Titans. This is Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. Welcome back to Inside the Jets, presented by EY, Building a Better Working World. Dan Gross, alongside Bart Scott, and we're joined by Jet defensive lineman Quinnen Williams. Now, Quinnen, you're going to be part of something that's a really, really great program in affiliation with the New York Jets. It's going to be featured on Sunday at the stadium here, and it's the crucial catch, Intercept Cancer. It's the NFL and the Jets' quest to help combat pediatric cancer. How did you get involved with this program?
4: Um, I'm an American Cancer Society ambassador first and foremost because uh, my mom passed away from breast cancer, and first thing I wanted to do when I got to the NFL was be a part of the American Cancer Society and do anything I can do to uh, put American Cancer Society out to the world. Because just first of all, I played for the New York Jets, and I have a big platform in general by playing in the NFL. So um, that was one of the first things I wanted to uh, become and wanted to do is do anything I can do to help uh, American Cancer Society, and I just. The uh, Jets got an h- amazing um, PR team and organization that helps out with um, pediatric cancer. And the first thing, first time I heard about that, I was like, "Anything I can do, just let me know." So,
1: you know, I have a lot of experience with St. Jude's. Uh, we used to go down to St. Jude's all the time, and it's a tremendous place. The fact that no family ever has to see a bill, all they have to worry about is, you know, getting healthy. You know, what 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 are some of the things that people can do, or where can we go to kind of try and? and to raise awareness, but also to raise the funds that's necessary for the research so that we can maybe catch some of these things early in pre-screening or rather talk about DNA or genetics um, and be able to try and alleviate this, this horrible disease.
4: I think American Cancer side Like um, I know I haven't researched much about the different cancers in the world and different things like that because I uh, really focus on breast cancer because my mom had breast cancer and stuff like that so I know American Cancer Society has an amazing amazing um uh, um whole like uh profile on breast cancer different um I believe it's like save banks and stuff like that where people go to to relax and they're going through chemotherapy um like I think it's like safe houses or something like that uh, where people go to man they just relax and food and just nurture and just enjoy uh each other's who going through the same exact thing and i got a chance to go to one of those and speak to people who's going through different things and understand that what they're going through i went through the same exact thing with uh having to do the same thing with my mom and different stuff like that but uh, a lot of people can find out research and stuff like that through americancancerside.com and different stuff like that
1: a lot of times we think about i'm sorry a lot of times we think about you know, the person who has the cancer, but how uh, important is it to support those who support the, the patient with cancer as far as being able to deal with the mental aspect and how to um, nurture and take care of our loved ones? How important is that? And, and, and what was your personal experience as far as, you know, learning how to, you know, be a help? And, you know, it's a, it's a tough thing to watch a loved one, you know, to, to, to battle this disease. And how do you help those who help the others?
4: um it's extremely important man i know i went i went through it like i said with my mom and i was that person to be my mom right hand man to be my mom uh laughter throughout the day and just do things with my mom to keep her mind off uh cancer and different stuff like that and i think it is important for somebody to help out that person who's helping out that cancer patient just because I was a young kid man and i was like around 13 years old doing this stuff and i didn't understand at the time how massive it was or the mental health behind it, the mental illness behind it um, that can it, it can develop over time um behind it until i got older and seeing like a lot of people in my position i haven't really real well of course but a lot of people in my position will not handle it real well or doesn't handle it real well and i think it's very important for people to love on that person and people to love on uh the cancer patient itself and just find out what they're going through make sure they're happy so they can make that cancer patient happy or make sure they're uh in the right mindset because uh i know a lot of times i put my feelings to the side to make sure my mom was okay and i put my feelings to the side to uh make sure she was happy and it could have messed me up in the long run but Thank God it did so.
0: And on Tuesday, you're going to begin the week-long events with you personally, Quinn, and you're going to be visiting the kids at Goriab Children's Hospital. You're going to meet with them virtually, and you're going to give them some Jets gear, some autographed items and stuff like that, just to put a smile on their faces, put a smile on their families' faces. As you said, how important that could be for everybody involved there, just how satisfying does that make you feel? Because you did this when you were a rookie, too. You visited them. So how nice is it that you're going to be able to get back out there after, of course, last year not being able to do things like that?
4: Oh, it's amazing to me, man. It's a small token from what I can do, man. Just something small that I can do just to make sure they, they day brighter, man. Because, I, like I said, I've been through the same thing they are going through, probably even less or even worse. And, just a small token like this that I'm doing can put a smile on their face to make them think about uh, something so happy and something so uh, um, positive inside of a negative time or a bad time. So anything I can do, like I said, from the small thing to the biggest thing, I was willing to do. And the first time, the first thing the Jets asked me to do was, "Can I sign a few autograph things and meet with the kids?" It was a, a yes automatically because at this time, man, you don't know what nobody going through. Uh, I'm super positive. I'm super blessed uh, to be an NFL football player, and I'm young, and everything's going good in my life right now. Thank God. But another person uh, is probably having a bad time, like the people at the hospital uh, that's going through cancer and different stuff like that. So it's it's a it's an amazing opportunity for me to share my blessings with them and share my light on them, so they can be able to experience a little bitty uh, happiness inside their uh, negative. So.
0: No doubt about it. And the Jets are also on Sunday, three of the children that completed cancer treatments at Goriab Children's Hospital. They're going to be at the game on Sunday against the Titans. They're going to serve as honorary captains. So Jets are doing a great job as well with several other initiatives planned all throughout the week here to go along with the program and the crucial catch and all the good things that the NFL does as well. Let's get back to football here for a second because you know one of your teammates this year on the team is your brother Quincy, who's off to a nice start at the linebacker position and is really contributing well you guys are also living together. did you ever think that this was something that would be possible when you were kids thinking about not just being in the nFL but being on the same team and now being roommates together?
4: uh nah, not really. We always thought about being on uh, another team playing to kiss each other, but not really on the same team. It's super dope though like
0: who who who's the better cook? who does the cooking?
4: uh my wife do the cooking' <laughs>
3: <laughs> Cause we
4: be too tired we come home to cook so. She do all the cooking
1: well you talk about you know your brother coming to the to the team late you know you know what about those intimate moments that you guys spend as you try and catch him up to speed and kind of understanding how to you know develop that chemistry because you know he's trying to catch up and he's been thrown into the into the lines then you think about you know after the injury of davis early in in, in the season so how how's that been as far as catching him up to speed and you know, you know, the, just the, the love, because guess what? He's playing linebacker. So he has to depend on you even more than you have to depend on, on, on him because you, know, you got to hold them jump throughs and those guys getting up to the next level. You talk about King Henry, you don't want him. He, he you know, he don't want to be on the train tracks like Darius Leonard was last week getting thrown out the club like Jesse Jeff and Fresh Prince.
4: Yeah, man. When he first got here, his mindset was already uh, full of focus and ready to learn and different things like that. Like, in the defensive line room, we have a we have a minimum job, man. So he, I couldn't. He, he the question that he asked me, uh, I told him the answers to. But he has a tremendous job being a linebacker, man, because they have to make the calls and tell us what to do and tell safety what to do. So um, when it came down to uh, him learning what to do, he really lynched on to CJ and. Uh, and davis and stuff like that and jd and stuff like that and learn from them and stuff like that because those the guys who in his room and stuff like that but um when i heard he was coming to the team man the first thing in my mind was like bro you need to come ready to work like everybody on my team feel like it's my brothers like like no lie like everybody we a family inside this organization we all gonna have each other back we all gonna go out there and fight for each other and play for each other hard like we're brothers so I don't, he my real brother but everybody on the team feel like my real brother so the same the same accountability that I held everybody else to I want held him to the same accountability and the same for me the same accountability that they held me to he held me to the same accountability so he my real brother but everybody on the team feel, feel like my real brother when it come down to playing football and trying to win football games like no matter right or wrong like we're gonna hold everybody to the same accountability.
0: No doubt about that. And hopefully it starts producing some wins there on the field. Quinn, we really appreciate a couple of minutes here today. So continued success on the field and really congratulations on the great work that you're doing here with the American Cancer Society, the crucial catch campaign with the Jets, and keep up doing your great work off the field as well. But always appreciate your time, Quinn. All right, thank you.
1: Hey, man, get in that tub, man, no matter what, no matter how good the body feels. It won't be feeling <laughs> like that in week 10, trust me.
0: I got you. Yeah. Got to treat the body there. That's Quinn and Williams. We got a lot more to do here on Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. And welcome back to Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. Dan Grasso, alongside Bart Scott. And Jets fans, if you're coming to Sunday's Jets-Titans game in MetLife Stadium, arrive early and be at the gates at least one hour prior to kickoff to avoid the lines. Before you get to the stadium, be sure to download your mobile tickets to your phone via the Jets app presented by Fubo Sportsbook. Fans should add tickets to their mobile wallets. For more information, visit nyjets.com slash mobile ticketing. Another good Sunday of action around the league, Bart, and certainly it has failed to disappoint or hasn't failed to disappoint so far here with some of these exciting finishes. You want to start where? You want to go with the game last night where Aaron Rodgers was left with, what, 30 seconds on the clock? He said, yeah, it's enough. I could go down the field and get the team in field goal range. Big win for the Packers. Gut-wrenching loss for the Niners.
1: If you want to go there, I mean, listen, I'd rather go somewhere else, but listen, I know we eventually have to get there. But really the game to me or the play that kind of like was the, wow. How many times have we ever came on any show and talked about a kicker? Not a kicker like, okay, yeah, he missed it. But I'm talking about a kicker breaking a record. And you're talking about not just breaking a record, right? Breaking a record to win the game. 66 yards. I don't know what the Lions have done in previous lives or what they did to piss off the football gods. But, man, they seem cursed. They need Kyrie Irving to come there and sage that entire stadium. I mean, you can't have that type of bad luck. I mean, the last time Justin Tucker was there, he, he kicked a 61-yarder eight years ago to come back to win it in that type of environment after the Lions fought their hearts out. You talk about Dan Campbell. Listen, you talk about getting knocked down, getting back up. I mean, that was tremendous. His team showed a lot of fight. We realized that Hollywood Brown – probably need some spider tacky 3000 because he can't catch, but you know, just to end the game that way was amazing. I, uh, you know, the Ravens have to be better, but that was a tremendous moment. I'm not going to say that was the best game. Cause it was a horrible game to watch, right? It was a lot of, you know, penalties, a lot of misplays, but just to come down, if you were just watching it red zone and you turn the channel and you just see like, hold up, on, hold on. 66 yards. Are they kidding me? And the fact that it went in was tremendous. You know what I mean? So that kind of started off like, the run of just great games that we started to have or great moments, not great games, great moments. And to your point, Aaron, 37 seconds,
0: did everybody there know that that's what it was going to happen? You know, Easy. everybody could feel it. Easy. And you know, but but back to the Justin Tucker thing, and you're absolutely right. Think about it. He missed a 49 yarder earlier in the game. And when do you see Justin Tucker miss a kick period, much less indoors? And how does he make up for it? He makes up with a game winner setting an NFL record, which was incredible. I don't know. I mean, what do you think is more heartbreaking? I mean, there was two things on that final drive. Yes, the kick would ultimately finish them, Bart. But how about earlier in the sequence, fourth and 19 yeah. they gave up a fourth and 19 the guy's yeah. wide open running across the middle of the field I mean he's a defensive player that's got to make you sick to your stomach well that was that was the mantra of really the night because what happened later that night
1: with you know Aaron Riders Devontae Adams a square in. guess what it's more than enough time to spike the ball I don't understand how you get caught short that way who cares you know you can rally up and tackle sometimes guys don't want to be in space but you talk about, you know, just the personnel. You know, I love D'Amico Ryan. D'Amico Ryan was a tremendous linebacker, and he's a tremendous defensive coordinator. But I have to ask him, why have any I understand Warner is a great uh, player, and he, he's great in pass. But why not put seven defensive backs out there? Why not not even allow Devontae Adams to be able to get off the field with the timing by being able to jam him at the line of scrimmage knowing that you had two free DBs that can help whoever got, you know, in trouble? I mean, come on! You're not going to double Devonte Adams when you hear Aaron Rodgers say, "Hey, what was what was the plan? Throw to Devonte Adams." If you you should know that. That's why that's a guy you should take away. So I mean, you talk about execution in these pivotal moments. You, those are two games where guys just started to panic and didn't really perform and execute when they needed to in those moments. And I don't want to hear anything about You've check. He should have he should have went down. No. When you got an opportunity to score, and you saying my defense just got to stop Aaron Rodgers. I don't care who it is for 37 seconds. That's what you get paid to do. And then you talk about the execution and inexperience. One, you don't have to touch Devontae Adams because he falls down. Right? It's usually a couple seconds that go before they say he's giving himself up. Two, if you're not, if you are going to touch him, don't tag him lay on top of him jump on top of them. now he can't get up and hand the ball to the referee which that means maybe four or five more seconds right so all those little things as far as being a critical thinker and in pivotal moments came back to haunt them and hurt them and eventually cost them the game
0: that adds up you're absolutely right about that good win for the rams yesterday too out in la Ooh. spoiling the super bowl champ i mean think about it i thought Take they were going day. undefeated Tampa Bay, they could easily be one and two right now. I mean, they could have easily lost that Thursday nighter against the Cowboys to open the season. But hey, so far, three games, Matthew Stafford and that Sean McVay offense working out pretty good, to say the least. Well, I told people all along, and people laughed at me when they when because listen, I'm a Detroit fan, even though I
1: was just raving about the Ravens beating the Lions. I'm from Detroit, so I'm a Ravens fan. So of course, you know, you know, I mean, I'm a Lions fan. So of course, you know, I want the Lions to do well, but you know, Matthew Stafford. You know, I've watched him my entire career because you know my dad is sad every every Thanksgiving because the Lions are going to be on Thanksgiving and they're going to lose and it's going to mess up his turkey. It's going to mess up his dessert, his pumpkin pie, sweet potato pie, and Everybody all that else. stuff. But it wasn't. It was never because of Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford. And I say this, and I'm not trying to to be hot take or anything. Matthew Stafford to me is just as good of just as good of a quarterback as Aaron Rodgers. Sometimes people don't realize in football, it's all about location, location, location. And you talk about Matthew Stafford's throwing for 5,000 yards more than once. He's always, he was throwing for 4,000 yards when it wasn't even, you know, cool to throw for 4,000 yards, right? You talk about a guy who's only had a 100-yard rusher eight times in his career, his 12-year career. Now you give him a, a competent organization. You give him great offensive weapons you give him the number 1 defense who can give him the ball back so he doesn't have to put the ball all put everything on his shoulders you talk about he has more fourth quarter comebacks than almost any active quarterback today and that's including you know Aaron Rodgers that's including Tom Brady so listen him going to the rams and giving them d jack you know something that the rams have never had a legitimate deep threat
0: they're certainly making a difference so far. I'm high on the Rams as well. They were my pick to come out of the NFC. So far through three games, and a lot left, uh, a lot looking good there as far as that team is concerned. Here, remember, Jets fans, you can watch inside the Jets through the Jets app, presented by Fubo Sports. But go to the App Store or Google Play right now, search Official New York Jets. So the Broncos are three and zero in the AFC West, and they're also joined by the Vegas Raiders, who are also three and zero. And it didn't look good for them yesterday. Miami jumps out to that fourteen nothing lead at the yeah. blink of an eye with the backup quarterback in Jacoby Brissett. Dolphins then score the game-tying touchdown at the buzzer in regulation, then the two-point conversion. Now you got to go to overtime there, and the Raiders finally prevail with the game-winning kick. You buying this team? You buying Carr? You buying Gruden? What do you think about this Raiders team?
1: You never apologize for a victory, but, you know, they have, you know, made a lot of improvements. You talk about going to get Yannick Ngakwe. You talk about Crosby coming into his own, Nassib's, you know, starting to live up to the contract. You know, before they got the number one linebacker, you know, in in, uh, football from the Rams, uh, I believe Johnson, I believe Johnson's his last name or something like that, they got him. So they, they've been building, and it's never been an offensive thing, right? It's never been that they couldn't put up points. You talk about they're one of the very few teams that have been able to beat Kansas City in Kansas City in that division, right, and took them to the wire last year. Now they're playing a more complete you know, complementary brand of football, but it's going to be tough to get out of that division. You know, they could be, you know, possibly all four could go and they can be the wild cards. You talk about Denver, you know, I would like to see that offense match up against the skill set. If Bradley Chubb, I mean, if Chubb can come back with Von Miller with that defensive backfield and in the, in the, in the, in the top-notch safety that they have in Teddy Two Gloves, not turn the ball over, that's going to be a matchup too. And, oh, by the way, um, did we mention that Justin Herbert is really good and he just mm-hmm. beat Patrick Mahomes in his house, the only person – or only quarterback to ever beat Mahomes in his house, starting his career twice, right? He's undefeated in Arrowhead, so that's more like his home stadium. So
0: I don't think it's crazy to suggest that. And you talk about Patrick Mahomes, you talk about the Chiefs, the last place Kansas City Chiefs. Did you ever think we'd be saying that? And if you think about their path so far this year, It's not crazy to suggest they could easily be 0-3 right now. The one win they had, Cleveland played an unbelievable game in week one. Browns have probably beat maybe 29 or 30 of the other teams in the league playing that well like they did in week one, except it was Patrick Mahomes. So, hey, you got to get one. Defense matters.
1: Defense matters. That's
0: it. And and not turning the ball over. Even if you have somebody as good as Patrick Mahomes, you can't turn the ball over four or five times even on your home field and expect to get out of there with a win. (laughs) Well, guess what? Sometimes when you throw a no-look pass, your receiver's not looking either
1: because he thinks that you're looking somewhere else and you're going somewhere else with the ball and you surprise him. And you're seeing these, these you know, the same thing make you laugh, make you cry because we applaud Mahomes when he makes these and we have to criticize them when they don't turn out the way he intended them to.
0: Bart, that's pretty much going to do it for us here. Real quick, thought on the Tennessee Titans game coming up next Sunday for the Jets. Back home, got to do something to stop the bleeding. And it starts with stopping Derrick Henry.
1: Well, absolutely. That's what it's going to be about. It's going to be a physical contest. This is a team that doesn't try to knock you out at the beginning of the game. This is a team that drags you into the into the deep water and try and drown you. To be to, to 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 talk about how you're going to beat them, you're going to have to bring your hard hat and be prepared for four quarters of tough football, knowing that King Henry is just waiting for that crack in your armor so that he can break that levy and run to run the pay dirt.
0: And you know what? That's a formula that your Jet teams used early on in your Jet career with Thomas Jones and Sean Green. And then late in the second half, that dam would burst. And then you would have those big Sean Green runs to ice these games, except Tennessee does it with one guy in Derrick Henry. the so Jet defense is going to have their hands full, certainly. Remember, you can catch us each and every Monday here for Inside the Jets. Until then, Dan Grasso, Bart Scott, thanks for being part of Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. So long, everybody.